0: Helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, this is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network, with your host, Paul Engel. As a fan of the science fiction genre for many decades, I've read several books, seen several movies, where the protagonist ends up in some uh, parallel universe or or some other timeline where things look the same, but are completely different. That's exactly how I feel when I look at America today. The buildings look the same, but the society looks nothing like the land of the free I knew in my youth. I imagine it's what many of the people felt after the Bolsheviks took over after the Russian Revolution. However, while the Russians went from one form of tyranny to another— The shock of watching this country mutate from a land that promoted freedom, justice, and self-government to one that is destructive to all three, well, it's a level of culture shock I thought I would never experience. As I watch people argue about the minutiae, I ask myself, what does the future look like for the Bolshevik states of America? Hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study. This is where we read and study the Constitution. Why? So that we can teach the rising generation to be free. Because by not reading, by not studying, by having a truly atrocious understanding of both civics and history, well, America is mutating right before our eyes, and too many Americans are sitting back and letting it happen. Now, according to the most recent National Assessment of Education, a process. This is often referred to as a nation's report card. Just thirteen percent of eighth graders are proficient in U.S. history, and only twenty-two are proficient in civics. What was it Santiana said? Those who are ignorant of history are doomed to repeat it. Well, we are. We're re- repeating the worst parts of our history because we don't know our history. Part of the reason we have a public Education system, the primary reason Many of our founding fathers Wanted a public education system Was to have Was to create uh, adults that Were They were understood how to be citizens in a free republic They would know the requirements Of being a citizen, they would understand civics But Only about one in five Eighth graders are Proficient in civics, and I don't even know if I would call what the NEAP calls proficient in civics actually proficient in civics. Now, some people point to the school closures due to the COVID-19 scandemic. And and yes, I'm sure that it played a role in the learning loss, but our drop in proficiency in history and civics is nothing new. Now maybe you could could look at the the Black Lives Matter movement and and see a a change in the curriculum that focused less on on the basics and more on well, racial racist activist uh, propaganda. I that's part of it. But I still tell you, I went to school in the sixties and seventies. Right, even back in the nineteen seventies, we did not the the we did not read the Constitution. We didn't study the Constitution, the supreme law of the land. We had what we called social studies. We studied societies, not history. N- needless to say, uh, those in government, well, they don't want to take any responsibility for any of this. Uh, Secretary of Department of Education, which, by the way, is a department that doesn't legally exist, but Mar- uh, Michael—I'm sorry, Miguel Cardona—had uh, a written statement. In which he said, uh, among other things Banning history books and censoring educators From teaching these important subjects Does our, su- our students a disservice And will move America in the wrong direction Well, he's flat out wrong First of all, um, they weren't banning books on history They were banning books on, uh, that, pretend that, that, that made up history right? Things like the 1619 Project That were flat out lies that that uh, uh, were antithetical to history. That's what he wants taught. And and um, when they talk about uh, censoring educators from teaching, um, let's say racist racist or or sexualized content as part of history, is not book banning. It's the fact that we spend so much time on things other than. The four basics, right reading, writing, arithmetic, and civics That has driven us to this poor state And this is visible not just in the the higher muckety-mucks The the upper echelons, the the influencers But in the opinions of everyday Americans But today I want to take a look at at the influence the, The people that hold influence over society and I want to look at how this lack of education I don't just mean our current state of, of civics education Our entire state of, of civics education The general ignorance of the Constitution Is impacting this country Now you would think of all the people That would know about the Constitution You would think, well, judges and lawyers They would be at the top, right? I mean, it's it's the law It's the supreme law of the land You'd think they would know what it says Well, either they don't know what it says, or they just don't care. I've said for years, I've asked lawyers for years, when you were in law school, did you study the Constitution or constitutional law? And I've only had one person tell me they studied the Constitution. Everyone else studies the opinion of judges about the Constitution. Why is that important? Well, recently, Senator Elizabeth Warren sent a letter to uh, Amazon Basically saying they should stop providing uh, That they should censor uh, A book titled The Truth About COVID-19 Exposing the Great Reset Lockdowns, Vaccine Passports, and the New Normal For uh, providing quote False and misleading information Now, This, by the way Is a blatant violation of the First Amendment Which reads Congress shall make no law Abridging the freedom of speech or of the press Well, that's exactly what she's talking about In her letter She's saying, listen, I don't like, I think this is misinformation. She claims it's scientifically wrong. That's been proven to be another bald-faced lie. But she says in her letter, uh, given the seriousness of this issue, I ask that you perform an immediate review of Amazon's algorithm and within 14 days provide both a public report on the extent to which Amazon's algorithms are directing consumers to books and other products concerning uh, containing COVID-19 misinformation and a plan to modify these algorithms so that they no longer do so. In order to fully understand Amazon's role in the facilitating of misinformation to COVID-19 and its actions to address the issue, I also request uh, I also request response in the following questions by uh, by September 22nd. You have a senator, a member of Congress, directing, demanding that Amazon. Modify a private company, modify its algorithm to suppress information she doesn't want. Again, this is a very simple, plain, violates the simple language of the First Amendment. We see that is, unless you're apparently the majority of justices on the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals. Yes, I call it a circus. I mean, what else would you call it? The only thing it's missing is a big tent and a bunch of elephants. According to the Ninth Circus, Senator Warren's letter did not cross a constitutional line between persuasion and coercion. Huh? She is a member of Congress demanding a response from a private organization in how they are going to suppress information she does not like. Now, Judge uh, Watford wrote in his opinion, Elizabeth Warren, as a single senator, had no unilateral power to penalize Amazon for promoting the book. Uh, excuse me, but demanding they do something is a, a, pe- a penalty. They have to expend time, effort, and resources in order to fulfill Ms. Warren's letter. Now personally, I'd love to see Amazon tell Ms. Warren to go to take their her letter and stuff it. I doubt that they will But again She's attempting to She as a member of Congress Is attempting to suppress information And the fact that she wants a response Well the only legitimate reason for that Would be in pursuit of legislation And isn't that the abridgment of freedom of speech? The freedom of the press? If you don't do what we say We're going to investigate you We're going to demand stuff And we're going to create legislation but you see, that's the state of the, the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals. She said, well, the, she was trying to persuade Amazon, not, not, co, not coerce. Excuse me. Are you abridging the freedom of speech or not? It's not a question of persuasion versus... I, I mean, I understand. Persuasion as an individual. If, if Ms. Warren had sent this letter on her own personal letterhead, Fine. She did not. She sent it as a member of the Senate. She sent it on her Senate letterhead. That is should be unacceptable. And the fact that the Ninth Circuit's Court of Idiots couldn't figure that out is proof that we are no that, that uh, the the rule of law doesn't matter. We are run by a group of Bolsheviks and they get what they want. The rules and the laws don't matter. You don't think so? You'll love this one. I about fell out of my chair when I when I when I read this one This I'm reading, by the way, out, out of the Epic Times um, She was uh, I guess she was on ABC this week And she was, this past Sunday She was responding to a question about whether or not The Treasury could use the 14th Amendment To declare the debt ceiling Unconstitutional Hang on for a second We're talking about the executive branch Determining Borrowing money all on its own right, Without co- the authorization Of Congress she said um, there is no way to protect our financial system and our econ- in our economy other than congress doing its job and raising the debt ceiling and enabling us to pay our bills. Ma'am, that's a bald-faced lie. That is a absolutely bald-faced lie. All right, first of all, our economy, our financial system is in the trouble that it is because congress refuses to do its job and only its job and only pay for things it is constitutionally authorized to do. But let's answer this question about the 14th Amendment. See, Section 4 of the 14th Amendment says, The validity of the public debt of the United States, authorized by law, including debts incurred for payment of pensions and bounties for services, in suppressing the insurrection or rebellion, shall not be questioned. Authorized by law. The only debt authorized by law is the debt limit. Not one dollar more is authorized. What's she talking about, the Fourteenth Amendment? This is, again, the executive branch trying to be a, a monarchy. We don't want Congress is in our way. How do we get around Congress? Why? Because Congress looks at the profligate spending and said we must deal with it. And let's answer this other question about if we don't pass a debt ceiling increase, then we will default on our debts. That would be a conscious choice, not an automatic result. See, all a failure to pass a debt ceiling means is once, they've, once the federal government has spent, has borrowed all the money it can borrow, then they can't borrow any more money. It doesn't mean the federal government doesn't have money anymore. They're still collecting taxes. Income taxes, excise taxes, uh, tariffs, they're still collecting taxes. And they have a choice of where to spend that money. But you see, that's what people, that they don't want you to realize that. It does not mean defaulting on our debt. It means deciding, okay, we're going to have to stop paying for things because we don't have the money anymore. The same way any household, when the credit card hits its limit says, well, we're going to have to decide, are we going to pay for gas or are we going to pay for sandwiches? Because we don't have the money to pay for both. Now, if Congress, over the last God knows how many decades, hadn't been so fiscally profligate, this wouldn't be the issue it is today. But the answer is not to throw out the Constitution because it gets in the way of a bunch of petty tyrants, Bolsheviks, borrowing whatever money they want to do whatever they want, regardless of what the Constitution says, regardless of what uh, the law says. The 14th Amendment does not authorize uh, anyone to simply ignore the legal debt limit. That That was the debt established by law. But you see what this does do? It gets a lot of people really wound up and focusing on the wrong thing. See, the, pro- the reason we are here is because for months, the House has been trying to negotiate with those in the Senate and the White House on a debt ceiling increase. And, well, one side refuses to negotiate. And by the way, it's not the Republicans in the House. It has been um, uh, Schumer in the Senate and Biden in the White House. They have refused to negotiate. Well, they're, play- they're the ones playing chicken with our economy not the, con- not the House of Representatives. And Janet Yellen is just another blithering constitutional idiot thinking that, oh, we'll, we'll just use the 14th Amendment because apparently she can't read. Because only the debts authorized by law are, in the con- are, are authorized by the Constitution. They're the ones that cannot be challenged. Anything above the debt limit is not a debt authorized by law because, Ms. Yellen, you can't make law. And only Congress is authorized to borrow money on the credit of the United States. Article 1, Section 8, Clause. Is it two or three? Not the Treasury, ma'am, Congress. But you see, we've got a bunch of Bolsheviks. They think we can do whatever we want. We've taken over the country, we've taken over the government, we can do whatever we want. And because the American people are generally Ignorant about what the Constitution says. And I don't mean that as a pejorative. Ignorance is something that can be fixed. You don't have to be ignorant. You can be educated. It just takes a little bit of work. That's what we do here at the Constitution Study. It is one of the key features behind my new program, Constitution Study Patriots. One whole track is dedicated to education so the people could read and study the Constitution and teach the rising generation to be free, just like John Jay told us, that we can, we can learn what our rights are and, and defend and assert them, just like John Jay said. If you want to find out more, go to constitutionstudy.com slash patriots. Now, it's still building. Um, in order to actually become a patriot, you have to go through a boot camp. I've got a mini boot camp that I'm trying to to set up. It's gonna. I'm scheduling it tentatively for somewhere around Independence Day this year. It's going to be in Bedford County, Tennessee. I'm looking for a venue. So if you're interested, go to ConstitutionStudy.com/patriots. You can find out more and you can sign up for updates. If you think you might be able to get to Middle Tennessee to come to the boot camp and see it see it live while we record it for everyone else, well then go to constitutionstudycom camp and let me know. A, whether or not you think you can show up and how many people you'll think you'll be bringing with me so I can have enough room for everybody that wants to join me. Now, before I take my break, I also want to remind you about Healthy Cell. They are a leading innovator in products designed to work, supplements designed to work, at the cellular level. And one of the ones I love, I use it regularly, is called Focus and Recall. It helps boost my short-term focus and my long-term memory and brain power using nothing but Healthy Cell's vitamins. No caffeine, no sugar rush, just simple vitamins. and It works great. I love this stuff. Now, if you want to try it, go to HealthyCell.com. Try the Focus and Recall or any of their great products because you can get 25% off your first order if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. So again, go to HealthyCell.com, put your card together. You can include Focus and Recall or any of Healthy Cell's great products, but use that code OUTLOUD at checkout. It lets them know you listen to America out loud. And as a thank you, you'll get 25% off your first order.
1: In 2008, people could spend an average of 12 seconds on a task without becoming distracted. Five years later, it was only eight seconds. The digital age is narrowing our attention span. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. And unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall these physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top, shoot it down. Thousands of five-star reviews proves it works. Supercharge your brain and see the difference. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code OUTLOUD.
2: World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has. Creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers.
0: Welcome back, Everyday Americans, if you rejoin the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution, teach the rising generation be free. Today, But we're talking about the Bolshevik states of America, now, some of you may have a really bad reaction to that term, and for good reason. See, the Bolsheviks were uh, a, a part of the, the Russian Social Democratic Party, and they uh, they seized power in Russia in during the Revolution in November 1917. So when I use the term the Bolshevik States of America, it's because what we're dealing with is a a group of social democrats, and I don't mean the Democratic Party, but I mean this idea of socialist democrats that are just simply seizing power in the United States. They're not doing it through an armed revolution as the Russians did in 1917, but their control seems to be just as firm. Uh, take for example what's been going what's just been announced by the the White House now. The White House and the press have always had an adversarial relationship. This kind of the way the system was designed, right? You wanted people questioning what was going on for those people who had power. Now, recent examples show that, uh, well, the true adversarial relationship really only goes one way against one political party. But now we have a, a White House. And again, White Houses have always tried to find ways around having to deal with the difficult questions, and recently, well, let's just say There have been people asking some serious questions In the briefing room And uh, many of them have shown that uh, Well, the current press secretary Not too, too uh, light on her feet Kind of gets stuck behind talking points uh, Loves to answer questions with a lot of word salad That doesn't really say anything And, uh, well, now the White House uh, wants to set some new rules See, they, they, they want to set rules for who gets to be in the, um, in the White House In the press briefing room Now, one of the things you're going to have to do Is a journalist must submit a letter In order to gain house to the White House grounds They must show who they work for That, that, that has to be an organization Whose principal purpose is news dissemination And uh, I'm sure these are going to be vetted by the same people that are looking for, well, the kind of soft treatment that uh, Democratic administrations have primarily gotten over the last few decades. So literally, they're going to uh, expire all of the current passes, and you're going to have to go through a vetting process to meet the White House's standard in order to be in the press briefing room to directly ask questions. Now, why have we pushed for this? Again, What's interesting, by the way, this happened just after what uh, uh, what was it World Press Freedom Day, and the journalists have been calling out the White House press secretary because she's not giving fair responses in the briefing room. She has not done her job. She, she, the Biden administration has faced a lot of criticism for how they, for from the press. Well, not a lot. Nothing compared to what Bush got. Nothing compared to what Trump got. So they've been facing some criticism for how they handle it. So now we're just going to, well, then we just won't let people who disagree with us into the press briefing room. I mean, if they're only going to issue so many of these hard passes and they're going to require letters to see who's actually going to be getting them from what, from what, what journalists, from what organizations, you don't think they're going to lean towards the people that will be, say, more favorable to their agenda? Now that is just kind of a that's One example of the censorship There's there's more You see part of the reason why they, I believe the White House Any White House by the way Not, not simply this White House or, an, or a Democrat Any White House wants to control Who has access to the briefing room Is it controls who's going to ask the questions And there's a form of censorship Where if you prevent the question being asked no one even, you know, People don't think of the question Or they don't get the answer to the question Perfect example was the 2020 election? See the state of Missouri and of Missouri and Louisiana. Their attorney generals have been have filed a suit against um, uh, the Biden. Uh, I'm sorry, against the federal government. Sorry, and they're pointing out. They're getting more and more evidence during their discovery that um, members of the federal government, the FBI, uh, manipulated the information. Elvis Chan, who is the Assistant Special Agent In charge of the FBI's San San Francisco Cyber Branch um, Testified that that he was one of the primary agents Who communicated with social media companies About the so-called disinformation Now, understand, during the 2020 election cycle We had, again, evidentially disinformation They suppressed the, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop story First you had social media, suppressed that story Then you had what we now found out is 50 different um, intelligence operatives lie in a letter to provide cover to claim that the laptop story was Russian disinformation in face of actual hard evidence that, that it was real. And then you have some percentage of Biden voters being pulled after the election saying, if we even knew about the laptop story, we would have voted differently. See, these are the Bolsheviks being in charge. We're going to manipulate the system. We're going to manipulate the system so that our guy wins. Now, was the Biden? Was the suppression of Hunter Biden's laptop dispositive? Um, Did it change the outcome of the election? Well, there's evidence that it was quite likely. You can't prove it beyond a, a shadow of a doubt, but there certainly is beyond a reasonable doubt that uh, the the in in the Swing states that made a difference in the election The number of people who said they would change their vote Was greater than the margin of victory for President Biden So But you see, they've got their power And now they don't want to get rid of it Then this story broke This came from, uh was it, Lee Fang He's a former journalist with The Intercept And he's uh, uh, quoting, uh, let's see I can't, I'm not going to try to pronounce the name The head of the Department of Cyber Information Security In the Security Services of Ukraine This gentleman said Once we have trace or evidence of disinformation campaigns via Facebook Or other resources that are from the US We pass this information to the FBI Along with writing directly to Facebook We ask the FBI for support to help us with Meta To help us with other and sometimes we get good results with that we say, okay, this was the person Who pro- was probably Russian, uh, Russia's influence When people ask me How do you differentiate whether it's fake or true Indeed it is very difficult In such an informational flow I say, everything that is against our country Consider it fake Even if it's not Right now, for our victory It is important that we have that kind of understanding Not to be fooled You have the FBI Being used to pressure American social media companies To be propagandists For the Ukraine in the war His own words If, you know, if it's against our country Consider it fake So when his, when Ukraine does something wrong We're supposed to consider that fake news Because Ukraine said so And of course If they want to talk to Facebook And say hey here's the evidence That what you're doing is wrong That's one thing But they're getting the FBI to help them too to also apply pressure. See, we're seeing more and more. The FBI has become our secret police. They're being used to suppress information, to manipulate information about uh, in preparation for an election. They're being used to to suppress information as part of a a, a foreign company, a foreign country's propaganda campaign. And oh yeah, they are flat out thieves. No, I I'm not. I'm not exaggerating See, There was a couple Who had their safety deposit box Seized by the FBI Two years ago Now the FBI was conducting An investigation into money laundering At US Private Vaults Inc Uh, It was raided And it was discovered That this organization Had been allowing drug dealers To launder money through the business At least according to the Los Angeles Times Now the owners accepted a plea bargain and they would not be charged with any crimes but they did allow the FBI to take $86 million in cash from various deposit boxes stored at their business. Again, the Times reported that millions of dollars more in jewelry and other items were also taken. Now they allege that some of the boxes had been used to further illegal activities while others were rented by ordinary people who used them to, well, just safely store precious items, money, and jewels. Now, Linda Martin and Reggie Wilder are a married couple, and they were among those who they did absolutely nothing wrong. All they did was choose the wrong business in which to have a safety deposit box to store the $40,000 they had been saving to purchase a home. They were given a notice. Their money had been taken. They were offered no explanation as to why or if it would ever be returned. And that was two years ago. The FBI seized their nest egg back in March of 2021 using what is laughably called civil asset forfeiture. Now, the Institute for Justice has filed a class action suit to try and get the money and, and other contents of the deposit boxes back uh, Because under civil asset forfeiture laws You're guilty until proven innocent They have to prove that their money was not ill-gotten gains Tell me that's not the secret police simply coming in and raiding Oh, we found a crime here We're going to sue everybody's money Everybody, We're going to grab all their money, all their goodies Whether or not they did anything wrong It's not just the feds that do this Many states and localities still do this And even many states and localities That have passed laws and regulations Prohibiting their own civil asset forfeiture Leave in loopholes So they can share the ill-gotten booty With the feds When they use federal civil asset forfeiture Now part of this Bolshevik uprising Is not simply those in government It's the media clowns The propagandists that support them Here's a montage. I got this off of off of Graven. It's a little long, but I want you to listen to the mantra about gas stoves. And then we'll talk a bit more after that.
2: You might think that the U.S. government is coming for your gas stove. That is a new and absolutely ridiculous one.
0: Turns out Fox News and Republicans are up in arms because they say the government is coming to take your stoves. What Republicans are saying is...
2: Damn it, they're going to take your gas stove.
3: GOP have been stoking a ridiculous new freakout about gas stoves. No one is taking your gas stove. The right-wing freakout over the use of gas stoves is merely the latest in a long series of made-up culture war battles
1: designed to enrage and rile up their right-wing and paranoid base. Republicans are prone to conspiracy theories, whether it's, you know, the kooky, like JFK
2: Jr.'s coming back from the dead to run with Trump. Or um, the sort of duplicitous, like this administration's coming to take away your gas stoves. Republicans have turned a government warning about your health into a lie about Democrats trying to take your stoves.
0: You get some bureaucrat saying something that has no power, and then suddenly
3: you have Ron DeSantis. So I'm going to protect your gas. About...
0: Now, let me break in, because if I don't, I'm just going to get vomit, because here you have this this. Words, the people saying, oh, it's not happening, it's not happening. Then you start to sneak in the truth. Well, see, there was this bureaucrat that, that suggests that, that wants to do this. He said, a bureaucrat that has no power. Excuse me, bureaucrats have tremendous power. They write rules, and many people think those rules are law. They certainly act that way. But they completely ignore that, yes, there is a federal agency considering a ban on gas stoves. By the way, that's CNN from January 9th. Uh, where else we have uh, Time magazine said uh, They did a whole story on the potential ban on gas stoves And what it means for you Even the Guardian noted that Biden rules out a gas stove ban Only after the Republican backlash But listen to these, these, these Talking idiots And what comes after that
3: There are, I'm, I'm certain You and I will be able to drive through uh, Parts of the country Ten years from now And people will be saying, do you remember back when Joe Biden was in office and they tried to take away our gas stoves?
2: New York City is moving to snuff out gas stoves. New York becoming the first state to ban natural gas and other fossil fuels in most new buildings, including gas stoves. The new law requires all electric heating and cooking in new buildings shorter than seven stories by 2026. Governor Kathy Hochul and the Democratic-controlled state legislature approved a bill on Tuesday prohibiting the use of fossil fuels for heating and cooking. The law is the first statewide ban in the nation and goes into effect
0: in 2026 for building Under seven stories Is anyone else having Soviet flashbacks Of when you completely ignore what you said before And and, and report that it was Even though when you're reporting it's completely wrong Now granted They're talking about New York City did this We also have the fact that yes The Biden administration was considering this Until they got The backlash They were considering banning gas stoves Gas heaters, other things But you see the, the ruling class, including their propagandists in corporate media, well they they they'll first like, oh no, that's, that's never going never happen uh, except it was. It was propaganda. And then when the state of New York actually does it, well, we'll just forget all the times we said, you know well, we'll be driving around in 10 years. you remember that when they talked about that? How about we go around in 10 years and remember when the state of New York actually did that? And again, the only reason the Biden administration pulled it back was apparently the backlash from people who said, keep your dirty, rotten money grubbing hands off of my stove. So tell me we don't have a ruling class that simply makes up the rules as they go along. They want to ban gas. Well, you know, the people aren't the people are pushing back too hard. So we'll step back from that. Oh, we'll just confiscate money if we can find some vaguely sort of kind of legitimate way to do it. We have a ruling class that is completely detached from the rule of law. We're supposed to be a nation of laws, not men. That, ladies and gentlemen, is gone. I have some more examples of this, and I'm going to give you some ideas of how we can start turning the ship around. But I have to take another break. Before I do, though, you know, uh, the Constitution study is just one of several voices heard here on America Out Loud talk radio. Do me a favor. Do like I do. Make AmericaOutLoud.com a daily stop for all the latest news and goings on. Get information from multiple sides. But it's more important than ever that we do our part, that we take these stories, the articles, the videos, the podcasts, and we share them. We share them as far and wide as we can, because by doing so, we are helping to secure The Blessings of Liberty.
1: It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, Lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America out loud talk radio, the liberty and justice for all.
3: Whether you're an independent, a Democrat or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution. Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Did you know that doctors and nurses have been swabbing their noses with povidone iodine to protect from airborne threats like colds, flus, and pandemic era strains for decades? RX took that idea and made a more complete nasal formula with lasting cleansing effects. Maybe you're traveling soon or going to an event. Are you concerned somebody nearby might be sick? Maybe the office or classroom stresses you out. Get yourself a bottle of RX nasal solution. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a COFIXRX nasal solution cleanse. That's COFIXRX.com. Save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD at COFIXRX.com
0: Welcome back everyday Americans If you rejoin the Constitution study Today we're talking about the Bolshevik states of America That we we've, we've literally being run by a ruling class A Bolshevik class that have detached themselves Not only from the law, but from reality I, I, I do, I will talk about what we can do about this But I gotta, if there's one statement There's one headline that just makes me want to Bash my head into a wall It's this one it comes from the Epic Times. I'm not blaming the Epic Times. It's what's, under, it's, it's what's being thought, discussed here. Regulators failed to do their jobs in preventing bank turmoil, Senate committee says. Well, first of all, who in their right mind believes a government regulator is somehow perfect? When did we deify government regulators? When do we turn them into saints, unable to make a mistake? Never. The examples of failures of government regulators is epic, yet somehow we believe, oh, well, they didn't do their jobs. How about the fact that the federal government was never meant to regulate this in the first place? Nowhere in the Constitution do you see the federal government having the power to regulate banks. Now, they can regulate interstate commerce, but they're not talking about regulating interstate commerce. This is about regulating banks. But again... We had the, the government regulators pressuring banks into bad loans. So we had to have more government regulators to keep the banks solid. This is this constantly, I mean, it would be humorous if it wasn't so destructive. This is like the, uh, the, the cartoon, right, where the character walks along and there's a rake with a T sticking up. And he steps on the rake and it bashes him in the face. And then he goes and does it again and again and again and again. How many times are we going to let the federal government bash us in the face before we start realizing they're no bloody good at this stuff? It's why we didn't give them the authority to do it in the first place. When people say, well, the government regulators didn't do this, why did you expect otherwise? They're bloody bureaucrats. They've got no skin in this game. There's not one regulator that's going to lose their job for failing to do what the Senate committee says is their job. And guess who is going to pay for the fact that the, the uh, regulators didn't do their job? You are. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, has come up with a plan. See, they, the, the FDIC insures bank accounts up to $250,000. You see the little FDIC sign in the window of the bank? Except remember, Biden said, oh no, we're going to cover all the accounts, even the ones over $250,000. So they spent billions of the money. They now they get funded by, um, by fees, by, by effectively a premium, right? Every bank that has that sign in the window pays a fee, pays a premium to the FDIC for this insurance. But now that the insurance was used to pay for things it wasn't designed to pay for, the FDIC needs to replenish those funds used to illegally bail out all the depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and at Signature Bank. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to raise the fees on banks. So let me walk you through this one more time. The banks had insurance to cover up to $250,000 per, per person, per account, uh, per account at the bank. When Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank went under, the Biden administration said, forget that, get, Pay everybody. just pay everybody off. So they got to have that money. Where are they going to get it? They're going to up the fees. Where do those fees, who pays those fees? Well, the bank does, Paul. Where does the bank get the money to pay the fees? From you means additional fees for different services. It means lower interest rates because the banks have to pay more money because Joe Biden and his administration embezzled money from the FDIC to make him look good. Tell me this isn't just like the Bolsheviks. We're the ruling class. We can do whatever we darn well please because no one seems to want to hold them accountable. Or how about this one? California apparently just defaulted $18.6 tr- uh, billion dollars In debt So they, the, 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 the California Said uh, we, we don't have the money They borrowed $20 billion From the federal government Now the federal government embezzled $20 billion to loan to California Yes I say embezzled Because nowhere in the constitution Is the federal government authorized To lend money Not for student loans Not to bail out states Nowhere so the state is getting and, and you know how long before you figure if this loan gets paid off do you think the federal government would just forgive this loan See, I believe in federalism California has made decisions Californians have made decisions you have hired people that have run your business your state into you know into this deficit that they can't pay and they expect us to bail them out No. If California wants to be a socialist dystopia, you pay for it. But no, just like any organized crime, they're going to take the slush fund, they're going to pay off their buddies, and someone else is going to pick up the tab. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the American people. And again, it's not just pick up the tab, it's not just the feds. Here we have a state, the state of Michigan. Do you remember when Governor Whitmer... Uh, uh, said, oh, yeah, we're going to set up this massive plant. You know, Ford is going to um, uh, build a, a new plant for electric vehicles and we're going to manufacture batteries. And, oh, it's going to be wonderful. It's going to be awesome until the details come out. See, the, the plant, uh, among other things, um, it, 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 well, it has issues. It's going to consume a huge amount of water. There's a, uh, Nestle has an ice mountain water, a water bottling plant 15 miles from there This is going to consume twice as much water And there are certain real environmental concerns About the toxic way The products that are part of building these batteries Now this plant is going to get $750 million of subsidies From the Michigan taxpayer But you see there's a problem It's going to be built near a horse farm 150 acre horse farm, by the way And uh, the owner Refuses to sell Now, this gets into some state politics Because uh, The company that's building the plant uh, Goshen, which by the way Is tied directly to the Communist Chinese Party Whitner doesn't care, she's a communist anyway So she refuses to sell her land To, the, to Goshen The company wants to build this and she even held a, a rally Against the, the um, Against the company at her Farm um, They said uh, th- They claimed that Goshen um, lied About the, their ties to China That uh, they lied about their Community support, that their hourly ra- Wages Well guess what, just days after her rally The Agriculture and Rural Development Office Which is part of the, the State government Um and it is run under the uh, State Attorney General's Dana Nasel's office. She received a what's called a right to farm complaint alleging that there was manure runoff from her farm into tributaries of Muskegon River. All of a sudden, just days after this rally, she's being investigated. Does anyone else smell a rat? So here we have this Chinese-based connected company that's going to get millions of taxpayer dollars to build a plant that we have questions about the pollution. They want to buy land from someone who doesn't want to sell to them. And as soon as a person has a rally against it, they suddenly get investigated by the state. Well, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, right? Because if Goshen is related to the Chinese Communist Party Why should not the uh, the state organs of Michigan Be just as communist, just as Bolshevik As the uh, uh, as the Chinese communists And then you go over to New York Now, uh, New York City has claimed to be a sanctuary city for illegals They said, come here, we'll take care of you We'll protect you, don't worry about it until they actually get bitten the backside by the cost because other states said fine you want them you have them and now they are dealing with a fraction of the illegal um they're not migrants illegal aliens let's use proper english these are illegal aliens illegally entering this country they're dealing with a fraction of what other states are dealing with and they're crumbling so the state of the city of new york sorry Reaches out to the feds and says, We need $350 million from the feds to housing care for these illegals because, well, wait a second. They applied to FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency. This isn't it. The only emergency is the one that New York City created when they offered to be a sanctuary city for people breaking the law. (laughs) Well, apparently, FEMA said no. So, what does Eric Adams do after complaining about people busing illegal? Uh, They call them migrants Illegal aliens to his city He's busing them Out to the suburbs He declares an emergency Over the They call them illegal immigrations Not immigration These are illegal aliens Are you sensing a pattern Here A pattern very reminiscent To Russia after the 1917 revolution Where you have a ruling class That simply ignores the law That buries information they don't like That ignores previous statements That uses state organs to punish and bully those they disagree with And when they can't do that, they simply ship their problems somewhere else Again, those who are ignorant of history are doomed to repeat it This is exactly what happened after the 1917 Russian Revolution The only difference is we didn't fight a bloody war to implement the Bolsheviks. We elected them, we hired them, and we let them run rampant, and we did nothing about it. Now I'm frequently asked, "Well, what do we do? What do we do?" And everybody keeps looking at the. They want to throw the bomb. I remember as a kid, um, my we we had the family had this little football game. That we would play. It was a board game. And I was always the guy to throw in the bomb. I was always going for the deep pass. I always wanted to make the big score. And it didn't work out very often because that's not the way things work. See, the way we fix this problem, we understand first, we spent 150 years making this problem. You know, they talk about the, the, the runoff from the, the manure runoff from the farm in Michigan. We spent 150 years piling up tons of manure. You're not going to get rid of it in an afternoon. But what you do do, what you do, sorry, <laughs> it's a little bit of a tongue. What you do is figure out how to protect yourself. You start locally. You start making sure that the uh, the people in your city and your county know what the Constitution says, know what their legal responsibilities are as employees of the people. They are public servants. We need to return to treating them that way. Now, Paul, how does this fix what Biden does? It doesn't. Not right away. Again, 150 years of making this mess. But you see, I'm working in my county to get my county under control. To make sure I have a sheriff that will protect me and my family and my neighbors from infringements on our rights by state and federal actors. I'm working in my state so that the state... Well, well, the people that work at the, at the, at the state the elected, the elected employees as well as the bureaucrats Know what their rights are And are willing to stand up and defend our rights as Tennesseans Why do I do that? Well, first of all, I can have a lot greater impact in my county and in my state Than I will ever have in Washington, D.C. The other part is, if I can make my county safe, my state safe from, the, from the, the insanity of Michigan and New York and California and Washington, D.C., I've made my life better. No, I don't fix the whole problem, but I've made my life better, my family's life better, and my neighbor's life better. And you can do the same thing. But you see, here's the interesting thing. See, if I make my life better, my county's life better, and of course I speak to counties all over the country, So maybe I talk to my neighboring counties. Maybe I talk to counties all over the country, and they start making their counties better. You know what happens? Well, a couple things happen. One is the counties get better, and they learn to stop putting up with this nonsense. They learn that when they vote, they are hiring employees, and it's time to start treating them that way. Which hopefully means they'll start hiring better people. Yeah, the system is, is designed to prevent that But we can we can change that When we start hiring better people anyway And once we start hiring better people At the county level Well, why don't we start hiring better people At the state level Believe it or not Once the states Become constitutionally sound D.C. becomes all but meaningless Because once you understand the What you read instead of the Constitution And you realize that The federal government, the United States Has only certain limited and enumerated powers And anything they do beyond that Is void It doesn't legally exist Well then suddenly The the states The states can stand up and just say No And when the states stand up And just say no Not one state Not two states 10, 20, 30 states Stand up and say no Washington becomes unable to enact their Bolshevik agenda They become unable to rule us Like like, like kings and queens and lords and ladies They lose their power Their power is dependent on the cooperation of the states And as long as the states believe They have to comply with whatever Washington D.C. says We will continue to be no longer the land of the free But the land of the Bolshevik But once we teach the people that we hire In our states That they don't have to do Each and everything that the federal government says That the Constitution Is the supreme law of the land Not the bureaucrats in Washington Not the Janet Yellens Not the Miguel Estradas Not even Joe Biden But the Constitution Then We start taking away their power As I said It took 150 years. I've owned horses. I know how much manure they can generate. It takes a long time to build that much. It's going to take us some time to get rid of it. You can spend all day fighting trying to to get rid of the top of the pile. But the first thing you got to do is just pick up a shovel and shovel where you are. And if you want encouragement, if you want help while you're doing it, Uh, Hopefully you'll head to the website constitutionstudy.com and find out what else we're doing. But also, I hope you'll join us every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time for the Constitution Study on America Out Loud Talk Radio heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, well, all the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. Listen to them on your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor. Subscribe to the show. Leave me a rating or a review. It helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. And as I say, the more the merrier, because the more people that understand their freedoms, their rights, and their liberties, the greater our liberty will be. And you can find all the links at the homepage of AmericaOutloud.com. Please find the value. Share them. By doing so, you help share the blessings of liberty.